This is After the Gridiron, podcast featuring interviews with retired football players. Thank you for tuning in to the show. Before we get to the episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Today, another player shares his incredible football journey with us and talks about his life after the gridiron. You're going to love it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of After the Gridiron. I am your host, uh, Lyle Green, and today we have another great guest lineup for you. Today we have former um, professional NFL kicker, Sean Conley. So Sean played uh, four seasons, spent four seasons uh, professional football with uh, Detroit Lions, Indianapolis Colts, and the New York Jets, as well as some time in NFL Europe with the uh, Scottish Claymores. He uh, started in 93. He started in Detroit um, as an unrestricted free agent in 93 out of the University of Pittsburgh, where he was a, uh, a great uh, great kicker, lots of accolades there. He's a Lou Groza Award finalist while there and also finished second in the nation in field goal percentage and was also uh, strong academically, where he finished, uh, where he was a all-Big all East uh, selection for academic All-American as well. So also smart in the classroom. And now, after football, he owns a yoga, stu- yoga, stu- yoga studio, easy for me to say, <laughs> with his wife called Amazing Yoga. And he's the author of a book, The Point After, which talks about uh, his life after football. So um, you can get all that uh, on his website, which is www.seanconley.net. So, Sean, thanks for coming on and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, thanks Lyle. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Cool. Thank you for, for coming. So I usually start off my episodes by asking my guests to say something about themselves that uh, most people don't know. So what would that be for you? What's something about you that most people don't know about you? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess I guess nowadays it's, it's probably that I uh, that I play professional football. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's been, <laughs> uh, I guess it's been about 25 years since uh, since I hung up my cleats. So you know, now being like a yoga teacher, it's uh, whenever somebody finds out that I'm, I used to be a professional football player, they're usually pretty shocked, especially by my size, too, the fact that I was, I was a kicker. So I'm not, I'm not like the biggest guy. I'm just a little bit over six foot, but uh, okay. not yeah. what most people picture a, a football player to look like. <laughs> you know when you're retired when people are like, oh, you, play, you actually play football? Is that... <laughs> a lot of guys <laughs> get to that point <laughs> in their career where they're most known for stuff other than football, so... Uh, yeah, we're all at that point uh, in in our in our lives. So okay, so let's, let's go back to the beginning. And talk about when uh, you started playing football. I'm sure you played other sports uh, growing up. So talk about uh, your um, start in sports and football. Yeah, absolutely. I I I got into sports at a really young age. My my father was a he was a really good athlete. I, I grew up in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, where where sports is sports is king. You could say, and he was yeah. a really good baseball player, basketball, football, track, and so you know, sports was always on the TV in the house and, you know, every Saturday and Sunday, like that's what we did. We sat around and watched college football on Saturday, NFL on, on Sunday. And so yeah. I was just really into sports. I also played uh, a bunch of different sports, but I, I got hooked mostly on, on, on football. And, and especially, I mean, I played different positions for football, you know, growing up in, in middle school um, and so forth. But um, I, I was, I got really into kicking me in uh punt pass kick competitions. I started doing okay. those at, at, at age eight 
And so I just was hooked. And so that was something, even though I kept playing, you know, different sports all through high school, it was always kicking was something that was always like, like my, my big love. Nice. So, um, um, I want to ask, did you play, you mentioned other sports, did you play soccer? And a lot of kickers kind of start out in the soccer field. So is that um, where you got your kicking from? Or is it just, uh, you just love football and love the kicking aspect of it? Yeah, I, I think it actually helped my kicking because I, I started playing football, you know, maybe at the same time, I guess it was on age eight, uh, so playing soccer at seven. So it was, it was around the same time. I think it just, it just helped strengthen my leg over the time, over, over the years. And it was something that was very, uh, I guess you could say complimentary to like my, you know, overall, overall training. And, and I was, I was pretty good at soccer, but it was just, you know, when it came to sports, the sport that was still like my, my number one was the number one passion was, was football, was not just football. playing it, but, 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 but watching it, you know, like when, you know, bowl see college bowl season would come around. I'd watch every single game, no matter who was playing. It was, oh, it was, nice! It was just something I it was, you know, uh, it was my number one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was the same growing up. Yeah, always a football junkie, and always loved uh, watching it. And even though I didn't play when I was younger, um, yeah, I always loved watching it. And something my mom said I'd end up playing, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to play. But uh, <laughs> she was right, and I ended up playing <laughs> as well. So uh, yeah, so I was a football junkie like yourself. Okay, cool. All right, so you went uh, to the University of, of Pittsburgh. So talk about uh, going there. I'm not sure if you were uh, recruited at, at all to go there or not. So talk about uh, your choice of uh, Pittsburgh over other schools. Yeah, I, I, I had a, a unusual route. I, I actually, you know, even even though I was really into football, um, strangely enough, I decided to go to a high school that did not have a football team because oh, when wow. I went to high school, I decided that I would just, I would just kick on the side. So I figured I didn't need to be on a team to kick. So, so I played basketball and, and soccer in high school and just kept training for football. And then my hope was just to walk on to college. Um, unfortunately that that plan, uh, didn't go quite as, as smoothly as I, I thought. I first went to a division three school and I figured I'd work my way up to division one. But when I got there, the, uh, the coach actually, you know, decided that he, that he didn't need, didn't need another kicker. So, I ended up leaving that school and going to another division three school where uh, I was lucky enough to be the kicker there for a couple of years. And then once I built up the confidence, um, uh, I got more proficient as a kicker. I then uh, transferred to university of Pittsburgh. Um, I was only, I only had one year of eligibility about that. I already used up three years. Uh, so I, my senior year at, at Pitt, um, I was lucky enough to, to beat out the, there was five kickers on scholarship that were already there. And, and I, I joined the team in February during spring ball. And I, I moved up to number three by the end of the spring ball and 10 minutes before kickoff in our f- first game of the season against Kent state, um, I was named the starting kicker. So oh, wow. <laughs> it was not the smoothest route, but uh, it all, it all worked out in the end. Definitely took the scenic route to, uh, to uh, Pittsburgh yeah. going through two different schools and, <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, and walking on, I'm guessing as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk on. Oh wow! So, did you was was it kind of your to, your dream? Did you always feel like you, you could you had the skills and the talent to make it, or were you just kind of um, hoping yeah, that you'd make yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Even you know, when I wasn't playing in high school and I was just kicked on the side, I always felt like I could I could play you know, in the NFL someday. And I, you know, I, I, I look back sometimes, I kind of wonder why I even thought that, but it was just, you know, something that I, I think I was just so passionate about that. I just, 
you know, imprinted in my mind that I, that I can play at that level. And, um, and once I got to, got to college, I just figured I would just, I would just keep pushing it and pushing it and just, and see what happens. And, you know, there was a few times where I, I thought for sure I was going to give up because, uh, when I, when I went to my second school, which was Gannon university, uh, I made over two years, I was four out of, I think it was four out of 16. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I was, I was, I was horribly inaccurate. Um, but I had a strong leg. I would be able to, you know, my kickoffs would go through the end zone. And when I missed, it wasn't like I just, you know, came up short, I would miss and it would, you know, it would go flying to the side. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like, like, you know, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Happy Gilmore where, you know, <laughs> hit the golf ball a million miles, but you know, he had like, no accuracy, green, no yeah. discipline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of like that. So I, so I knew if I could somehow figure out how to kick it straight, it would all come together. And luckily it, it, it came, it all came together my senior year. Um, there was a coach there that helped me a lot. His, his name is Amos Jones. He's, he's still, he, he's been coaching the NFL for, I don't know how long. So after college, he's, he, he bounced to the NFL. He's been in the NFL for, I don't know, 20 years, but he's with the New York Giants now. Okay. And he was someone who really helped me out. I, we, were, we, were, we would look at video after practice every day. And uh, I remember one day I was sitting in the office and I was had a laser pointer out. And I was going over all these mistakes I was making with my, with my kicks. And he came in and said, stop. You got to like, you're fo- you can't focus on what you do wrong all the time. You got to focus on the kicks you make and the technique you did. And so that was, that was a big, um, yeah, I guess you could say transformative moment for me as a, as a kicker, because then I started to, 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 to look differently as I honed my technique. It was more about focusing on, you know, uh, kicks that I made and, 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 and getting into a rhythm that was more positive versus like always trying to correct my mistakes. And, and then that, that really straightened things out. And then I had a, uh, had a really good year at Pitt. I was 16 for 19, oh, nice. super accurate. And, uh, you know, had a lot to do with just, you know, more my mind than, than anything else. Yeah. It's definitely a huge aspect to, to sports for sure, especially at the professional level. It's the, the mind aspect of, of the game. Cause right, physically right. most, most guys are fairly similar and pretty equal, but it's the mental, uh, edge that, uh, makes exactly. a difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So prior to going to Pittsburgh, what was, I can try to imagine, uh, you're, you're, you're kicking and, and trying to learn. Did you have, what was the coaching like? Like, did you have anyone mentoring you or t- coaching you or teaching you? Cause you didn't have a football team in your high school and a division three school. I'm sure you yeah. didn't really have much in terms of coaching for kickers. So what was, what was the coaching aspect? How do you learn like YouTube? They probably didn't have YouTube back then, but what did you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did you do? Exactly. Yeah. I, I was, I was pretty much self-taught, you know, I just would, you know, use what I, you know, learn from soccer. I, I would also just, just, just study, um, you know, you know, players on, on, on Sunday on NFL, I would watch like, um, uh, Morton Anderson, uh, you know, Gary Anderson, like, you know, the kickers are, I would just watch them really closely. I'd, you know, watch the steps they took and, you know, and I, I'd watch really closely the replays. So I just, you know, would watch them and, and, you know, just try to replicate that. And, you know, I just, I just kicked a lot. There was, there was a field, just a few blocks from my house and I would, I would go there, you know, day after day and just kick after kick. And, and, you know, I think that just, and just, you know, practicing and practicing, yeah. you know, over time I was able to you know fix a lot of the stuff on my own, but, you know, I still had the problem with that, with the accuracy, you know, I always knew how to hit the ball hard and far. So that, that, that helped, that helped a lot. But then, 
know, there was a kid that there was a coach at the, at the um, Ginn university. That was my second stop. And he, he was, this, this is, this is the early nineties. He was actually a, a toe ball kicker, a straight on kicker. Oh wow! <laughs> so he, he helped me as much as he could. You know, he didn't know much about soccer style. And he actually, when I, when I first went to Ginn and, you know, we, we butted heads because, you know, I was a soccer style. He was old school, uh, toe ball. And so, you know, he would make fun of me with like, you know, like my, my soccer shoes and stuff. But over time we, uh, developed a pretty strong friendship and relationship, but he, he helped me as much as he could. And then, yeah. and then Amos Jones, the, the coach at Pitt really, really helped me put it all together. Okay. So was, was toe kicking, was that kind of like the, the mainstream in that time? And I only remember, I think Mark Mosley for the, for the Redskins is the only toe kicker <laughs> yeah, that I can Mark remember, was... but <laughs> was it like, was that yeah. mostly what was taught or is it kind of, or is that kind of a transition? To- yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So early nineties, it was pretty much a hundred percent soccer style, but you know, late eighties was, you know, there's, it was probably 10% of the NFL kickers were toe ball. It was, it was definitely phased out um, by the time, you know, I was playing in college, but you just still just had these coaches who they had far more experience with toe ball kickers than soccer style. It was, yeah, you know, most of the yeah. soccer style kickers, when I was playing in the nineties, you know, they are usually like from, you know, uh, you know, uh, oh, from, from Europe. And so, you know, the, the, the American soccer style kickers were just, just kind of getting going. You know, like with like Matt Barr and Chris Barr, they, they were like more nuanced Pioneers at that point. The, yeah. Yeah. Like you had like your Gary, your premiums and Morton Anderson's. And then, you know, cause they were playing soccer there and cause soccer was just getting going um, I think when I first played soccer in 19, late 1970s, it was, it was brand new. So I was part yeah. of that, I guess you could say that, that new soccer phenomenon who then became like, like a kicker in America. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So, yeah, so you finally got some, some, uh, some good coaching at in Pitt, which helped you to, uh, you know, tone in your, your accuracy and, uh, and um, rein in the, your leg there. So, Talk about your your leg. You always said you have a, a powerful leg. You're always able to, to kick pretty far. What was, what's the kind of what was the furthest kick you've made, um, practice or game? What was the furthest kick you you were able to make? Uh, I, practice it was seventy, but I'll I'll admit it had a had a had a nice a wind, wind in my back. And <laughs> hey, that's, and, that doesn't matter. That's still a, that's still an amazing <laughs> kick. Oh my goodness! And, and, the, and the ball was, was was fairly worn in. Um, you know, kickers, we like to do, you know, we like to get those balls all worn in and, you know, they, they're like a balloon. Um, and then, and then a game, it, it was, it was, it was 48. Um, I had a handful of attempts, you know, my career was pretty short, so I didn't get to, you know, just one year at Pitt and, you know, the few, few chances I had in the NFL. So I didn't have too many chances over 50. I had a couple that were blocked, but, uh, yeah, it was 48 yeah. against, against Notre Dame. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. But seventy, that's yeah, that's incredible. Wind or no wind, that's a that's that's an incredible <laughs> kick. <laughs> yeah, strong legs like that will definitely. It's like speed for uh, for position players, right? If you have you can't teach speed and you can't teach uh, um, leg strength. So when you have those things, right. those are things that uh, coaches and scouts love to love to see. Okay, so let's talk about uh, your opportunity that you got uh, opportunities in the, in the NFL. You went to uh, Detroit in, in 93 as an under restricted free agent. So talk about getting that first opportunity. Was it, uh, was it tough? Were you expecting, were you hoping to get drafted? What was it? What yeah. Was it you know, I, um, you know, my agent at the time, he, you know, he, he said that, you know, he got, you know, calls from teams and he, he was fairly confident. It was, it was an interesting year where there was, 
I, I remember five or six teams definitely needed kickers where they, you know, they, they had kickers that were you know, either too old or who had, uh, you know, poor years. And so there was a lot of teams looking. So like five was unusual. Usually there's maybe like one or two openings per year. So, um, you know, I, I yeah. felt pretty confident because I had some really good numbers in college and, you know, I had a handful of teams that uh, worked me out, um, Steelers, the Giants, and, and, and some others. So we were pretty, we thought that we might go, this was the first year the draft went from 12 rounds to seven. So for a kicker, you know, I was hoping okay. maybe like round six or seven. But, um, you know, I, I, I stopped by the phone. I, I didn't get the call. Now, I would get a call from my agent a couple of times, like, hey, I just spoke with the uh, New England Patriots. They said they're going to take you next. And then, you know, they didn't. And, <laughs> and that, that sort of thing. <laughs> but um, as soon as the draft ended, it was just a you know, handful of minutes after that, I, I, I got a call from the, from the Lions, the Steelers, and, and the uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, with opportunities. So I, I went with the Lions because they, uh, with, with the offer, it, it also included like guaranteed playing time. So um, I couldn't pass that up because I knew I okay. needed, you know, videotape if I, if I weren't, weren't to, uh, to make the team. They had a really good kick at the time. They had Jason Hansen, who actually just, oh, Jason just Hansen, retired yeah, a few yeah. years ago. I think he played till he was 45, 46. You feel a long time, um, yeah. Had a powerful leg. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I took that opportunity and then, you know, once I got there, I was just, I was just, just so happy to be there. You know, it just, you know, I, I knew I was a long shot to make the team, but just, you know, being in training camp with the Detroit the NFL and, you know, Barry Sanders, it was, it was pre- pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what is it, what was your uh, emotions like that first day? Did you think back to those days back in the field, kicking on your own and, practicing in high school thinking am I ever going to make it and then finally being able to say I'm, I'm kicking in the, in the NFL game and I've got an NFL jersey yeah what were your yeah I, like I think it was mixed emotions I remember the first day feeling absolutely terrified um you know uh, yeah I, I oh, remember yeah. <laughs> being in the in the meeting room and I was sitting in the back with the other you know 12 or 13 rookies and looking around the room and um you know the head coach is up there Wayne Fonts and Barry Sanders and um, uh, you know, Chuck Long, all these Rodney P, all these guys who were like you know, Heisman Trophy, uh, uh, NFL yeah. All Pros, and it's and it's and it was kind of terrifying, you know. Like and um, but at the same time, you know, feeling like wow, I can't believe you know I'm 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 part of this. So, um, so yeah. I was super excited to be there, but then at the same time, then I was like, you know. It, I know within a day or two or a week, like I could, I, it could easily end, you know, like I could be cut. So it was a strange feeling the whole, whole time. Like I, you know, I, I tried to like soak it in yet at the same time, you know, nervous, you know, during practice and so forth, because I always wanted to, you know, be at the top of my game. And, you know, I, within a week or so, I, I felt like I got into like a nice groove and, and, and the butterflies went away and, and uh, I was able to really enjoy it. Um, but then once like that whole period came up where they had the mandatory cuts, that's when, you know, things, things get pretty, uh, pretty down. Like you, you go to practice one day and, um, you know, for the morning session, you, you come back out, you know, come back into your locker room, you know, the guy's locker next to you has been, is, is empty. <laughs> and I, I remember asking him one guy, yeah. hey, what happened to so-and-so? And so he said, well, he got cut. This is before like they started doing cuts. And then he told me, uh, uh, he said, or he asked me, he said, Hey, don't you know what the, the NFL stands for? And I said, what? He says, not for long. 
And yeah. I was like, oh, you know, because I started yeah, to get into yeah. like a groove, like this is going to last forever. But then, yeah, that was that was a quick wake up, and then they and they started the cuts that weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the the uh, the ugly the ugly side of of the of professional sports and professional football. That yeah, guys can can come and go, and it's uh, yeah, it's a tough. Um, tough thing to get into, and especially for for kickers, it seems like because obviously there's only one right. spot that's uh, up uh, that's available. So it seems to be the, the one of the toughest you know areas to to, to get into as as being the the kicking spot and to being able to try and um, earn the confidence of of a coach for for a young guy to be able to say, yeah, he's doing it now, but can he can can you maintain that? Exactly. Can maintain it? So I can imagine being tough to to break into the kicking area. Yeah, for yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah, no, no, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that that was always like a challenge for me. Like you know, my third stop was with the Jets, and um, you know their kicker was in his late thirties, which is you know considered like you know over the hill for the NFL. And they brought me in, you know, like you know yeah. as cheap as can be. I signed the minimum. What at the time I think was like like two twenty two, and you know, he was making you know upwards of a million. And they brought me in as this young guy, and it's just. You know, it, but but you you still have to you can't just like slightly beat out the incumbent. You know, if you're a rookie kicker, you have to like, like you said, like you you have to show prove to Clearly them that like him. you're not you're going to crack. So you have to you have to outperform him. And the sad reality is, you have to hope that he also that he has a bad training camp. So that's that's where it gets that's ugly. Bad. You have to root for them to yeah. to not do well. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about uh, kind of transitioning to, to life after football. So obviously, as a um, kicker, life and and uh, kind of being on the on the fringe on on certain teams, it's an area where you're always kind of thinking possibly about about life after football. So talk about what your mindset was year by year as you're you know, going from team to team. Were you kind of preparing? For life after football, or were you just focused totally on trying to find a place where you can where you can stick? Yeah, music, yeah, I, I was to, definitely uh, the latter. I was always very, very fixated on having this long, successful NFL career, and I think because I started at such a young age of of you know dream of playing the NFL, and then you know working really hard in college, like making those multiple stops of you know, I'm going to keep going, keep going, trying to make a Division One. Then when I made Division One with Pitt, then it's like okay, now I want to have a good enough season where I could be, be in the NFL. And then when I got to the NFL, you know, I really thought that I, I had made it. And I, I knew the odds were still tough for a kicker to break in and then stick. But, you know, I really thought when I made, uh, when I signed with Detroit that I could kick, you know, 10 or 15 years and, you know, I, I could live, you know, life would be happily ever after, after that. So when, uh, when my career yeah. ended, uh, I was with the New York Jets and, I'd already, I'd always battled injuries and you know, they started at the university of Pittsburgh, but I was able to, you know, fight through them with you know, painkillers, muscle relaxants and, you know, therapy and all that stuff. But, um, it, it, it caught up yeah. to me to a point where it, it wasn't just pain. It was, I didn't have the, didn't have the leg strength. And, you know, in the NFL, if you can't kick the kickoff into the end zone consistently, you're out of a job. And, and when I was with the jets, it was, you know, maybe, I hit the end zone 50% of the time when, you know, I need to hit it 70% of the time. And I just, I just couldn't, I physically, my leg, my leg was shot. So, so when they, the, the doctor diagnosed my, my hip as degenerated, my career was, you know, it was, it was over. I couldn't do it. I, 
I had a hard time getting over that because, you know, as I mentioned, I was, that's, that, that's, that's what I thought I was going to have this long career. And I just, it, I was stuck for a while. I really had a hard time, you know, moving forward with my life. Cause I just, just didn't picture it that way. And, you know, of, of course, over, over time, you know, I was, I was, I was able to you know, see that there was more to life than, than football, but like a lot of players, I just, just had a hard time, you know, seeing beyond that end, you know, cause I just felt like it wasn't supposed to beyond go that. this way. And, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to, I, I always thought, you know, that I would be able to end my, my career on my own terms, but that wasn't the case. So I had a, really ha- had a difficult time getting, uh, coming to grips with all that initially. Yeah, that's something that a lot of players have. Yeah, a lot of players go through that. It's tough, especially when when you're in the sport and you're in that that zone, right? Your your focus is totally on you know, improving yourself and getting better, and other thoughts or anything else kind of is kind of like of a distraction to and does doesn't help you get to that goal. So I can I can see, and that's what a lot of guys do, right? They're focused on you know, being better and getting themselves better, and then once once they stop getting the calls right then it's tough to to to, to turn that off right to make, turn that switch off and say okay now what i got to do for for life right yeah so like now, now what it happens to a lot of players for sure yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so once you got to that that now one point what did uh what did you do well you know you know i spent a couple of years probably just you know you know uh uh throwing myself a pity party um and uh you know, then, then there just came a point where I realized, you know, I was, I was just, you know, being selfish. You know, I, I had, you know, um, uh, I was married, I had a kid and, and, um, you know, I, I finally gave it up because even after, you know, the jets, I, I, I tried different ways to like stay alive. Like I, I went to the Scottish Claymores. Um, I tried to, um, I had an opportunity with the arena football league, so I had all these other opportunities that I knew I, I, I could, I could keep playing, but I, I knew deep down, I was just delaying the inevitable because my, my leg, my body just couldn't do it. So that went on for a couple of years, but yeah. then, you know, when I, you know, eventually I just, I realized like, you know, this is up now I'm just focusing on myself because, you know, my wife was always very supportive of my, my NFL dream and what I was doing, but then there got to a point where I realized that this is not, something that we were really doing together anymore. It was something that I was just, you know, just, just doing for myself because I was just so, I had, I had such tunnel vision and, you know, I wasn't doing my, my relationship yeah. a favor. I wasn't doing my body a favor. So, so I, I, you know, I moved on and started looking for jobs, but I, I my first reaction or my first uh, impulse was to find a job that was also had some sort of competitive nature to it, which you know, I thought was the best yeah. thing for me later on. I found out it wasn't, but I, I, I turned to sales where I, you know, could compete and, you know, try to make like a lot of money or whatever, you know, sales contests, whatever it may be. And so that's, that's how I filled that boy. But after a while that, you know, I realized that wasn't, that wasn't, you know, the, 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 the best thing for me to do in the long run. For you. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, after, after trying out sales, you I'm, I think obviously turned to, uh, to yoga and doing uh opening a, a studio so how did that uh how did that yeah i mean this was all um you know my wife was a uh i guess you could say she was like a pioneer in the in the yoga field she you know yoga started becoming mainstream maybe you know probably 15 years ago um early 2000s or so but in when i was playing in you know the early to mid 90s she was she was already into yoga and she tried to get me 
into it just uh, to help my career and to help my back and hips. But I just, I, I just, you know, refused because I, I considered it, you know, too passive, too gentle. Cause you know, at the time there wasn't, you know, at college teams or NFL teams didn't incorporate anything like, like yoga or meditation or, or, or anything, you know, that balanced out, you know, their, their football game. I remember like, uh, uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of the Lynn Swan for the Steelers, you know, when he did ballet, you know, like, Oh yeah. You know, he, he, yeah. People, ballet, yeah. And yeah, people <laughs> talked about it, but they, they also kind of made fun of it. Like that it was like so different. And, and those guys were actually way, way ahead of their time bringing in something like that. And so, so I, I, I was very resistant to, to that. But then what happened was once my career ended and, and my, my injuries, even, even, even though I wasn't playing anymore, my body was so beat up from the repetitive motion of kicking that, you know, I had a hard time yeah. even like walking down the street, you know, I'd have to sit down on, 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 on the, on the, oh, on the sidewalk because my back would just completely like lock up. And sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and I had a, I'd have to crawl on my hands and knees to, you know, to go to the bathroom because my back was, in, was just completely like, just, just, just rigid. Um, so I took up yoga yeah. um, after, you know, her pushing me for many years and uh it healed my back and you know some other injuries i had and after that I, after that i was sold and then eventually began to teach so that was long story short on that <laughs> cool nice nice yeah definitely something that a lot, of guys, a lot of players have to um to look towards like obviously there's lots of damage done to your body during uh, football while you're playing in your career. So you know, doing things like yoga and Pilates and those type of things yeah. to, and light lifting, right. To try and get your body back to a normal state and, and a functional state, you know, to be able to, to function. Cause like you said, having to not being able to walk down the street and having to, you know, sit down every f five or six steps is not a, um, not a, not a way you want to, you want to live the, the rest of your life. So, you know, being able to, to walk normally and to be able to do things and play with your kids and those type of things is something that uh, all players are obviously want to do. So you know, getting your body right and finding a way to get your body right is something that uh, all players should be looking into. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think it's becoming more, more popular um, now, you know, I know the Seattle Seahawks for the last 10 years or so, they have like a dedicated yoga teacher, but it seems like a lot of teams, my wife and I um, here and there have worked with the Steelers and the university of Pittsburgh football team so it's, it's, yeah, oh, cool. it's, I think it's definitely becoming more accepted that, you know, these players, you know, I, I think they, you know, the, the word is out now. Like they all understand, like they, you know, they, 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 when, when their career's over, they don't want to be beat up. And, and it almost seems like some players do start yeah. to retire earlier than they used to. But I think there's a lot more awareness about, you know, how important it is to, to not overtrain. I think back in the day, like, you know, like there was, you know, no pain, no gain. Like it was just, you know, it was, yeah. it, it, the, the training regimens were, were over the top, but it seems like nowadays, you know, there's a lot more, you know, respect for players who rest and who do alternative forms of, you know, not just, you know, doing heavy weights, but doing like, you know, resistance bands and the, the other stuff that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't beat up their bodies as much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of education and, uh, and, um, knowledge um, now in terms of what's best for um, training and like you said you know, overtraining is something that used to happen a lot and people are, are 
players are realizing that they don't need to train as much, especially as they, they get older, that they have to be right, smarter right. in their training instead of instead of working harder, working smarter. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, well, so when did you open? You and your wife uh, opened uh, your studio, and uh, and um, how's that going? Yeah, for you guys? so uh, we we opened it in two thousand two. So um, um, it's it's been great. We've you know we've been doing I guess for like nineteen years, and um, uh, uh, oh, it, nice. it, it's always been been really popular. We we teach a pretty athletic style of yoga, and I you know that comes from my my football background and my my wife's. Um, uh, she was a dancer and a lacrosse player, so she has an athletic background too. So our, our style has always been, you know, pretty physical. We usually um, uh, incorporate heat in our classes, and so we we we, we tend to attract, uh, you know, also like other former athletes and you know people who you know, weekend warriors. Like that's 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 a pretty typical uh, type of person at our other studio, which which is good because like my wife and I, we've always you know, been very physically active, but we, we, we've always, uh, been also very intrigued by, you know, the idea of yoga, like helping you slow down and be more balanced. So, so, uh, typically people who are attracted to like our studios also push themselves, but I think there's also something that they're also looking to bring in, bring in some balance as well. So that's, that's a, uh, it's like a snapshot of our philosophy. Nice. Okay. Cool. And yeah, before we, we go, before we get going, let's talk about your your book. So you have you've written the book, uh, the point after. So talk about uh, your book and what it's uh, what yeah. It's about. Um, it's it, it's it's essentially about my uh, my football journey and 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 the highs and lows. And there's there's for the most part, I guess probably there's 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 more lows and highs. But um, I think that's the whole um, <laughs> one of the ideas. One of the reasons why I wrote the book is just is my you know the biggest thing that i struggled with in the book is, is was the identity and in, in the career uh ending before i did and so I, I when i wrote the book i just tried to be as honest and as raw as possible with all the the highs and lows and you know just you know trying to share what it's like to be you know a you know a kicker as well being on the outside and, and but not just i wanted to be more than a sports book and i think it i think it is where because you know, anyone can relate to, you know, uh, you know, feeling like, you know, feeling insecure, you know, and I think for kickers, like we're, we're pretty insecure and we, we play a lot of head games and self doubt and so forth. So I try to, you know, share as much of that as possible. So, so anyone can relate to it, not just someone in, in the sports, but just, you know, business and their own, their own, uh, personal lives and any identity issues that, you know, they, they have as well. And, and you know the 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 hope is to uh, you know show that we're so much more than than what we than what we you know think we are what our goals are in life and because as I mentioned before you know I, I to me like making the NFL was like that was the end all be all and of course now looking that back you know I was yeah. super you know grateful that I was able to you know play as much sports as I could but you know it's 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 uh, there's there's uh, you know there's there's other opportunities. To you know, uh, make an impact in the world other than uh, kicking a football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, football is just uh, well, yeah one small segment of our lives, and there's yeah many years um, after after football that uh, a lot of the great things we can still do and and, and hope to do uh, other than football. So yeah, that's a great uh, 
great point there. So let's finish off with what I call top of the mountain moment. So it gets kind of a summary of your, your book type of things. But uh, yeah, how about uh, just sharing you know, some words of wisdom for um, some younger players? What um, what do you think uh, are ways they, they should uh, approach football and, and their, their uh, thought process of what football is? And what yeah, I, I, I think, you know, um, you know, playing as, as, you know, playing different sports is, I think is, is one of the most important things right now, especially with, uh, you know, the, the youth, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, repetitive injuries, uh, from players just, you know, focusing yeah. on one sport year round. And, uh, you know, I, I follow the, the university of Pittsburgh football team pretty closely. And it was during the last signing class, I, I believe that the head coach Pat Narduzzi tweeted out, um, the the number of sports that the recruiting class played and i think of like the 22 kids in the, in the class you know all of them played at least like two sports and it was something like i, th- I think it was like maybe yeah. the third or fourth recruiting recruiting class in a row and this is like for division one they still played other sports and i think that's you know that temptation to focus on just one sport i think is is what can really shorten, you know, these athletes career, you know, not, not even like if they're looking to play professionally, but even college. Cause you, know, you still see kids who, you know, they, they focus on one sport through high school and after their first year in college, they they're done. And maybe they're not even done physically, but they're yeah. done. They're done mentally. And so um, I, I, I yeah. think that's, you know, like one of the big takeaways to just, you know, play other sports and it's also okay to just, you know, take your, you know, your baseball mitt or whatever it is and just stick it in a drawer for a few months and, you know, to, to, to not even play your sport for a few months. I know it can be really, really hard, but, you know, it just, it, it keeps, you know, your spirit alive for that sport, your hunger, and, and it can be hard to do. But if, you know, if you're looking at a long career, the, you know, the more you can, you know, avoid that, those repetitive, um, you know, pounding on, on certain parts of your body, the, the better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely something that's uh, uh, an issue for today's athletes. You know, everything's trying to you know, be specialized and special right, camps specialized. for yep. yeah all these things. And yeah, like you said, it doing something repetitively over and over, it's going to you know, cause injuries, and that's kind of a huge um, problem with lots of uh, young athletes now, where you see and the different sports you know, guys are getting hurt who are just focusing on one sport because they don't have the balance of you know, other sports and different movements and all those type of things to kind of counter what they're doing in their, in their main sports. So yeah, I definitely agree with you that, uh, yeah, playing many sports, something I did and many athletes before me and, and, uh, and all the great athletes have played many different sports. And I think it's something that they should continue to do and to diversify their, their sporting. And, uh, like you said, at times just take a break and do the mental break right? and, and, and uh, yeah, just, uh, They'll focus on on other things beside uh, beside one sport. So yeah, some great words of wisdom there. Thank you. Absolutely. Cool. All right, so uh, Sean, so thank you so much for for coming on. It's been thank a you. great uh, episode. Yeah, appreciate your time. Appreciate your story. It's been awesome um, what you've shared with us. So um, yeah, again for those listening, make sure you check out his website www.seanconley.net information on his book which is available through his website or through amazon or wherever you get books his book is the point after and also uh, if you're in the pennsylvania area make sure you check out his uh his studio the amazing yoga with uh him and his wife they're doing some some good stuff there so sean thank you so much and appreciate your time yeah thank you i appreciate it all right man take care 
are listening to After the Gridiron. If you're a fan of the show, please make sure you subscribe to the show and also leave a rating and review. By doing that, you also help to spread the word about the podcast and assist others in finding the show so more people can enjoy this great content. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the links to those being found on the website. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, please visit the resources page on the website for links to our sponsors and affiliates. Their support helps to keep the show running. So go to www.atgridiron.com resources to check them out. Thanks again for listening. And I'll see you when we kick off our next episode.